A man and his wife were seated on a stage before a large gathering of people. Those in attendance had come to glean from this man and his prophetic revelations and insight. He begins to tell them that he wants to prepare them for visitations to the third heaven, or what he calls raptures. In preparation for this, he instructs them to take deep breaths while discouraging praying, stating that thinking with your mind and praying is the worst thing you can do. He tells those in attendance that angels are unemployed and in need of a job, which is the need for these visitations. He tells them to pull up the anointing, the second Adam, out of themselves. For those who have hooks in them from past sins and curses, he tells them the hooks will begin to come out of them as they go up. As he leads them in this visitation through breathing and such, he encourages them to make these trips as often as they like. The man speaking was Bob Jones, and this teaching with application took place at least twice at Bethel Church. To some, this might seem an isolated incident, but it is not. There are numerous ministers who have shared their trips to heaven and their visions of heaven. You just heard an excerpt from my latest blog post featured on Love Scribe. Hi there, and welcome to the Love Scribe podcast, where we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and where we grow in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. I am Dawn Hill, and I am the Love Scribe. If you grew up in the 80s like I did, then you probably get the reference to the title of the blog post slash podcast for today called Two Tickets to Paradise. And I don't want you to get that song stuck in your head. I was trying to find a way to lighten the mood when talking about this because uh, when doing some research on this, both reading some books that were written by people claiming to have taken trips to heaven and listening to videos with teachings on third heaven activations and such, which you might think, well, you were listening to New Age teachers. Actually, I wasn't. I was listening to a number of people that are professing believers in Christ, that are saying they're ministers of the of uh, ministers of Christ, and are part of the I would say hyper charismatic church. Now, when I say going making trips to heaven, you may also think, well, you know, I mean, instantly you think of someone who has a near death experience. But this is not the case either. The people that we'll be talking about today, which are a small handful, this is actually a rampant thing that ha- happens in this movement, is people saying that they take trips to heaven all the time. They're going to heaven, they're encountering Jesus, and or God that puts them, Daddy God that puts them in, their la- in his lap, and they uh, talk about all the things they see in heaven that have nothing to do with God whatsoever. One particular person, which there will be names mentioned today, so uh, I'm giving fair warning right now for that. And let me just say this, as we meant, as I mentioned names today, this is not to uh, ridicule people or to attack the person themselves. This is to look at what they're teaching, what they're saying, measured against Scripture, and to righteously judge that, especially as if, if someone is saying that they are a believer in Christ, then we should be judging within the church. And to measure what they're saying against Scripture, against people actually in the Bible who either saw into heaven or were taken up and by God himself at his own sovereign will, and to see what took place there, what was said, to test it against what's being said today, and to, to see what the differences are, and then to look at Scripture. We're going to look at Scripture uh, near the uh, the other the other half of this, um, and to see what Scripture has to say and what we should be doing um, when we think about heaven. 
But these are not near-death experiences. These are people that are claiming that they go to heaven at their own will, whenever they like, whenever they choose, and that they're seeing things that are, frankly, they're describing things that are irreverent many times. And even things that are unscriptural, as what I read at the beginning, which is in this uh, blog post this week. Bob Jones was a prophet that was part of the Kansas City Prophets. He was profess- as he was a self-professing prophet. He was acknowledged in these circles as a prophet uh, in the Kansas City Prophets. And then, which the Kansas City Prophets is now IHOP, in case those that don't know that. He was part of that movement, and he was highly revered in these these circles. He continues to be highly revered in these circles for things that he said. Um, You'll hear some people say that when the way he talked, they couldn't understand what he was saying. And that's not in a profound way when you actually listen, which we're going to hear a clip in just a few minutes from what I just read to you. You're going to probably be scratching your head and going, where is all this in scripture? And then what was really alarming as well was to hear him say to people, don't think with your head. Don't praying is the worst thing you can do when you're going to the third heaven. When hearing that, I immediately think that's trying to shut down critical thinking. We're going to listen in just a minute to this clip. We're going to be listening to a few clips today. And I'm also going to um, just summarize um, an excerpt from a a book I read from another person that uh, is in these movements to share with you some examples. And then we're going to go look more further into scripture to test these things and to see what's going on. And also, I'm going to warn you with this. There are things that you're going to hear today. If you're not familiar with what's going on with this movement, you may be shocked at some of the things you hear. You may be angered by some of the things that you hear. You may be grieved. Um, I am grieved when I listen to these things now, and I'm frustrated to, to listen to these things because it's, it's highly irreverent. It's not leading people back to Christ. It's focusing on that person and them having an encounter and experience, and it's really elevating self, and it's some of it is absolute nonsense, to be, to be quite frank with you. It is nonsense. And I would encourage you to um, be praying for those that are deceiving people and also be praying for those that are being deceived because this is not leading people back to Christ. Some of these I'm going to my argument is this is not leading people back to Christ. This is leading people away from Christ. Um, It is leading people to encounters. And this is this is alarming because people are believing and thinking that they're encountering Christ and they don't realize that they could. It could either be their imagination or that could be highly the vain imaginations that we can have, or they could be encountering something demonic that is not of God and that they are um, encountering an angel of light, potentially, that this is these practices are not biblical practices. And this is why it's so important that we get back to the word of God and back to the truth of the gospel, back to the fundamentals of the word, that we understand what the word is. We understand what happened when people saw into heaven or went to heaven in scripture and that we understand biblically our promise to spend have eternal life in Christ and look forward to that. So with that, I want to, the first clip I want to play, which I think I'm going to play four clips today. And a couple of them are from the same person. We'll get to that person in just a minute. But for now, we're going to listen to Bob Jones for a few minutes talk about the third heaven activation. So here we go. And what I wanted to do is take you up and get you acquainted with it. I don't want you using your head. Do you understand? Your head is where you pray. What I do is I want you to go up and meet him. 
I want you to be raptured. And as you go up, if you've got hooks in you, they'll pull out when you go up. If you're earthbound, they're coming out. But if those that want to go up, then if you'll get up, I'll ask the Holy Spirit to come and take you up. So just close your eyes, put your head up, take a deep breath. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Good. Now, when you come up there, you feel winds. They're already coming here really strong now. And these winds you feel are angels. And... Angels, you may not understand this, but they're out of a job because nobody's going up there for them. So what you're feeling are angels are being assigned to you when this wind comes on you. Get used to these winds, for his angels are winds. And you're a flame of fire, and when that wind begins to whip that fire, it's going to set fire. So yeah, just keep taking deep breaths. Good. Good. Go right on up. Good. Good. Some of you, uh, uh, I feel headaches left. I feel a... Uh, Healing going on in a natural eyes and things like that. Good, good. Just keep going. I'm going to wait a little while and let you just... Now, you can do this as often as you choose. And you need to do this often. You need to come before your papa often. You want a visitation? He does too, only he sit down. He wants to turn this whole thing over to you. Your daddy and your brother's waiting for you to come up there and get acquainted with him. Now, your mind is not a worm anymore. It's a butterfly. And a butterfly takes all of its energy from the sun. And you're going to the sun. And the purpose of the butterfly is reproduction. Now I want you to watch what I'm doing. The kingdom of God is right here in every one of you. It's been there from the day you was conceived in your mother's womb. Now, when you hear him say that, I know you can't see this on the podcast, he is pointing to his belly. So just to give you a point of reference to what he's saying, I wanted to make that clear. Let's keep going. It's time you let the kingdom come forth. And you can pull the kingdom up. You can draw water from the well of salvation within you. And you do it like this. You're not going to do it here. So stand up and start to pull up the water. Pull up the anointing in you. That's it. Good. Good. And then feel the wind on you. Now, this is where the power's at. You're hooked into the power source. The second atom is in you. Energy unlimited. Now, you've been pulling up, and now turn to one another and lay hands on one another and begin to pull up out of you and minister to one another. And if you get a word of knowledge, then speak it. Okay, I'm going to stop there. There's another clip of him, about 24 minutes long, and he's dressed differently. Him and his wife are on the stage both in, in both clips. They're dre- dressed differently, so it's two different times at least. It could have happened more than twice. But at least two of the clips that I found when I was doing some searching on this. But in both clips, he uses the same verbiage. He uses the same terminology, which I will post the links in this episode in the bottom to the in the description. And I will also share some of the links in the blog post so that you can immediately go to them when you click on them for those that like to read that. And you can see them for yourselves. In both teachings, he shares the same words, the same verbiage, the same instruction and just want to point this out that there are things that he's saying that are just that are simply not biblical angels are not unemployed angels are made to worship and to serve God and they are ministering spirits that are sent at the will of God to to serve and to minister to his people but they ultimately um, answer to God himself and they're not unemployed they were made to worship God and to serve him and to minister to him and, you know, there's other things that he says that are, again, the, the whole thing of not thinking with your head, thinking, saying that almost in in a way insinuating pre-existence that, 
you know, the kingdom of God has been in you before you were, uh, when you were in your mother's womb. And even there are some people that will say, as you're here in just a few minutes, you're not going to hear this person say this exact thing, but there's another individual we'll talk about in just a minute that, um, they talk about almost insinuating preexistence of seeing uh, light orbs around God that, uh, people asking to be sent before they were even, uh, conceived. There's, there's things that, are being said here that are not biblical and they're leading people into simply encounters and encouraging this behavior rather than encouraging them to go back to the word and to remember if you're in Christ, this is the hope that you have to look forward to that. There are things that you may go through in this world, but you have that's transient, that's temporal, but that you are to look to the eternal life that you have in Christ that cannot be, uh, done away with that can't be taken away that your hope is in Christ that you look to him while you're in this world and that you also look to the hope that you have in him when you leave this world and that you're with him for eternity we just don't hear that we don't we don't hear that what's what's being focused on is uh, an encounter and then telling people that they can go to heaven at will there's Bob Jones and you can do even more research. I encourage you to look more into him. And there are other things that I could get into, but I'm not going to because they're not relevant here. But needless to say, I would not recommend listening to his teachings. He's no longer uh, here. I can't remember what year he passed away. Now, the next clip I'm going to play is even more disturbing. It really, as a parent, it really brings me pause because this is not something I want to encourage my children to be doing. I know that some people will not like hearing that or not agree with that because they maybe do maybe you do agree that that you can go to heaven whenever you want that you can make trips to heaven and that we should be doing that and some of these ministers you'll hear them say that in order for you to grow close to God you need to be having these encounters and that's really creating um a system of people that are more special than others. And so that, that may cause people to question their faith in God. Well, I've never been to heaven. So do I really know Jesus? Do I, do I really have a, a, a relationship with him? This is not something that we're told in scripture that we must have in order to have a deeper relationship with Christ. So one of the things that alarmed me that I had come across was that there are people that are encouraging children and children's ministries to take trips to heaven. This is a very short clip, but this is from years ago in the same church in Bethel. This was the children's ministry director, and I'm not going to play the whole thing for you, but this is a shorter clip because there are other clips I want to play that are a little bit longer. And again, this is going to be a longer podcast, so you may have to take a break, especially if you're getting uh, <laughs> irritated or grieved listening to this. But please listen to the whole thing so that way you can hear be encouraged at the end biblically of what's going on. I want to present all of this at the beginning so you can get um, a reference for what's going on here and what the issue is, and then to look at the last half with Scripture and to see, compare the two, and then to be encouraged by the Word of God. This is an older clip, very short clip. I did, again, I'm not going to play the whole thing, but this was the, uh, I don't know if she still is, but she, she was the children's ministry director at Bethel Church in California, and she was sharing with the gathering there, the, she was sharing with them about what takes place in the children's ministry. She was talking about how they, uh, the children get their prayer language. She was talking about how they 
experience all these different things and praying for people and that they um, pretend to raise the dead, uh, playing raise the dead. At the end, she's also talking about, this is what I want to focus on, that she bragging that they actually take trips to heaven. The children take trips to heaven. And it doesn't play this in this clip, but she talks about in this particular instance that the there was a group of children that came to a, a man and that he w- that they were telling him that they all took a trip to heaven together and that they separated the children and when they and had them draw what they saw and when they brought the children back together they were amazed that all of them were seeing the same thing i'm not in awe of that what i'm what i'm disturbed by is the fact that this is being taught to children in a church children are being told you can go to heaven at will and you just Use your imagination or the fact that someone else is seeing what you're seeing that validates what's going on and that it has to be God. With that being said, let's play this next clip. Um, I am the director of children's ministries here at Bethel Church, which is, uh, yeah. Yes, it is the best ministry. But basically, um, I have the, the tremendous privilege of looking at a generation that I believe is unlike any generation that earth has ever known and being a guardian and an equipper of not only the young but those people who lead the young and oh I have one more thing to show you this is so cool okay we, we take our kids to heaven I mean who doesn't okay our kids go to heaven and and people that know how to do heaven things take them to heaven and so we have a middle school that that was tour guides is that where they're going okay they take our, our middle school kids to heaven so now I'm sorry but that's fun Okay, you want to know if you're really going to heaven? Okay, you know, you don't, don't go. But the, these guys, they think it's really cool. They meet each other. They, they see each other in heaven, hang out. I, I mean, the, the neat thing about it is it is real to them because it is real. Now, again, that uh, clip had been edited, and it was by, a partic- by someone that I found on YouTube. But, and it, they took out the the story that I just told you before that to, to kind of give you the context of the kids that came and they separated them and had them draw and they were just amazed that all of them drew the same thing. But this happened in their ministry and this may still be going on in their ministry and it may be going on in other ministries that children are being encouraged to take trips to heaven. And this is why parents, you need to be asking what your children are, what they learned in Sunday school or what they learned in children's church when you get in the vehicle or later on that day or the next day or during the week, you need to ask them, what'd you learn in children's church today? Or what'd you learn yesterday when we were at church? You need to be knowing what they're being taught. And if they're being taught things like this, then this should be alarming to you because I'll just be upfront with you. I don't want my children to be taught to take trips to heaven at will and to go hang out in heaven and them not have an understanding of what scripture says about heaven, the what the implications are of what heaven is, and to underst- to ha- just have a biblical understanding of heaven, you know, the new heavens, the new earth that are promised to in the future for those that are are in Christ. Again, we're not seeing any biblical teaching going on with this, and this is troubling. And especially when it's dealing with children, children that are highly influential and they're molded at such young ages and it can really have a huge effect on them at a young age to mold them into who they're going to be to think, well, I can take trips at will. And again, we don't know what's what's happening in these situations. And then they're even saying that there's tour guides that know how to take them to heaven. This just is very irreverent. 
Again, you're going to hear me say that word several times, but I just can't get away from that, how irreverent some of this sounds to say such things. And again, it's just, it's as if what teach it, what scripture teaches is just, it's simply not sufficient. It's this hunger, this craving that all of us have and had, have had at some point for the supernatural, that we crave the supernatural. There's a reason why we flock to episodes like this. Uh, or like dreams and visions, whether it's someone talking about their experience or their personal experience or encounter, or where we're hearing someone talk about the dangers of this. There's a reason why we flock to these things, because there is something in us that it's so intriguing. We we want to hear about the supernatural because it's the unknown, and we, we want to to understand or maybe hear more about this, but we don't see the dangers of it that it could lead us astray from God. And this is what I want to shed light on and to get you thinking. And if you've never been a part of movements like this that focus on trips to heaven and and share their visions and things that they have of heaven and angelic beings and demons and such, this may be foreign territory to you. This is not foreign territory to some of us that have been in these movements and heard this or experienced things that now having to go, yeah, that wasn't God. And having to test things against scripture, there may be a mixture of people listening, but either way, what we need to be doing is going back to the word, regardless of experience, it needs to be going, we need to be going back to the word of God. That's the ultimate foundation, the ultimate truth we need. And we need to be going back to the Bible to under have a better understanding and then not participating in things that are, that are not taught in scripture, that are not conveyed in scripture. Now, these last couple of clips I'm going to share, some of them are going to be, one of them may be a little bit longer, but there was one person in particular that I came across, and then I'm going to read some from a, an excerpt from a book from one more person, then we're going to get into the word. There was one person that I came across that it was very disturbing, and I've been, I'm, I've known about her for quite a while, and I've been disturbed by a lot of different things that, that she's done. Her name is Kat Kerr, and if you're familiar with her, then you know what I'm going to be talking about here. But she has written books. I have one of them that's a used book. It's called Revealing Heaven. She wrote three volumes of it. And she talks about her trips to heaven. She tells people that she makes frequent trips to heaven on a regular basis. And the things that you're going to hear are very upsetting. And and I this is the one that really... It's bothersome to me of all of them. And I've read the first book. I don't have the other two. I, I bought this one used and I read it and I was just bothered by what I saw in it. But then when I've listened for the past year on and off about, I've listened to her talk about going to heaven and the things she describes, it really stirs up a righteous indignation when I hear it, because I think this is irreverent, this is about self, this is focused on man, this is not focused on God, there is no reverential fear of God here, and then there is, um, when you read the book, and then when you hear her talk at times, it's, there is a wall put up, so to speak, of, you know, if, don't bother to question me, I'm not going to listen to you, is what she'll say, or she'll make comments of saying if people don't believe her prophecies that she has angels that if they try to, if the people try to threaten her that she'll send angels to kill them. She has talked about Trump still being in office there and she goes with a a wooden staff out to the beach to uh, curse hurricanes and there's, uh, the list goes on and on. But what we're focusing on today are trips to heaven. So the next clip that I want to play is 
a little bit longer, but it's actually from a uh, recording that she did several years ago when she was talking about her trips to heaven. And she was describing some of the places that she saw in heaven. And as you listen to this, I, I want you to listen and not just dismiss me, especially if you think, well, I can't believe you're talking about her. I really look up to her. Please hear me when I say this. I say this in love. This woman, this woman is not teaching biblical teaching. She needs salvation. And those that are listening to her, I pray that people will listen to this. And please heed the warning because I'm saying this in love. This is not biblical and it's highly irreverent and it's going, it may tr um, quote trigger some people when they hear this and, and to, to hear what actually is being taught and it's being perpetuated and it's still being perpetuated today in on the Elijah list. There's at least a couple of clips I'm going to play from there um, on the Elijah list when she's being interviewed and just to kind of give you a little bit more of what's being said here, but this is an older clip of her talking about traveling to heaven and she's talking back and forth with another lady that's there that I think is one maybe one of her employees or, or someone that's part of her ministry I'm not sure fair warning I'm getting ready to play something that that may anger some people when they hear the irreverence of it so here we go and we already know that there's places in heaven that represent seasons on this earth he took a shadow of a place in heaven and made it a whole season on this earth, like the winter time. They have Christmas Town in heaven. Yes. There's a fun place for you. Uh, and the summertime here on the earth, that's the shadow of a wipeout surf park where you can ride 80 foot waves and you're not going to die. <laughs> uh, that's the fun part. It's funny how most of these have fun parts. And then there's a mountain of spices in heaven where fall is always there. And you can go on horseback rides up into the beautiful fall area. Every level is another aroma. The mountain of spices is also mentioned in the Bible. You need to find that scripture too. And so uh, that's another thing that he took a shadow of and made fall on this earth, which we're entering into that season right now. I'm looking forward to seeing it, but yes. I've seen the one in heaven and it is amazing. And of course there's spring. And let me tell you, spring <laughs> is a shadow of the friendly forest in heaven where the trees sing, the flowers will dance with you. Even the rocks cry out and worship him. And so, also the field with the, the copter flowers. That's right outside the friendly forest, yes. by the way. As you're entering into the friendly forest in heaven, you come down this big hill, and there's these tall flowers. They look sort of like huge daisies. Yeah. But the face of the flower is faced upward into the, to the sky, and people run down this hill into this field of flowers everywhere. They grab the stalk because these flowers are like six foot high. They'll grab it and it takes off into the air and takes them like a flower copter. That's what they call them. And it will carry you from there into the friendly forest. So that's so cool. Because in heaven, the cows drive the tractors. <laughs> Go ahead and laugh, Jen. I love it. If you have any children up there like three and over or two on up, uh, they always take them to the fun farm because it's where they learn prophetic art. They learn art. They actually have art classes. And this is the wild thing about the fun farm. Yeah. It's got to be different, right? It can't be like yeah. on the earth. Who, who are the art instructors? The art instructors. I love this part. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I died a long time ago to myself. I don't have my own opinions. I can only share, share what I saw. The rabbits. That's right. Hello. 
the whole bunny thing and that colored egg thing and looking for them actually comes from heaven. They put all the kids in this big wagon that the cow with coveralls and a farmer's hat drives them to the art barns. It's only going to get better, so don't go anywhere. <laughs> this is either giving you a joy in celebration or ammunition. <laughs> don't waste it on us. We don't listen to the blasting stuff. And here come these five and six foot tall rabbits, every color of the rainbow you can imagine. They have aprons on. They have all kinds of things in the pockets that they're going to give out to all the children. They're so excited because they know they're going to learn art. But they don't know what they're going to be doing, what kind of art they're going to be doing. And before they even arrived, these rabbits were busy because they were going out into the fields. They're picking up these eggs. These eggs are like ostrich eggs of that size. They're all white. Every one of them's white. They put them in these baskets, so when the kids come, they pass them down the tables, and all the kids take a couple of these eggs out. And then they have a little mat to set them on, and the angels then begin to give them the brushes. These are brushes. They look very much like brushes on the earth, except for one thing. They're not sticking them in little containers, plastic containers of paint. Because what happens is the, the paint is colored light. It's like liquid light. And they're all different colors, and they appear right in front of the children in the air. And they can take and dip their little brush in it, and they begin to paint these eggs, every yeah. kind of color that is possible. And they put flowers on them, smiley faces. They probably make them into minions. You know, if they currently went there, currently, if they currently went to heaven, they use all the new stuff that we have. Yeah. You know, 20, 30 years ago, there were no minions. No. But now there's minions. So the painting like swirls all up and down the egg, rainbows, whatever it is. Then they'll hold it in their hand and they hear this little sound. And the teacher will take the top part of the egg off and out of the egg into the, into the rabbit's other paw will come either a baby chick or a baby rabbit. Yep. And those baby chicks and rabbits will be the identical color of what that rabbit painted the egg. So whatever they paint the eggs as, out will come these little chicks and, and bunnies from these. And then the kids start yelling. They are so excited. They want to finish those eggs. These mushrooms, they get, sit on like seats. Yeah. They all sit on a little mushroom. They find all the children. And they're all facing in one direction because they're going to see a concert of the flowers. And they'll sit there. And these mushrooms, because this is a supernatural place called heaven, they begin to rise up in the air like the, where the where the uh, mushroom is rooted in the ground begins yeah. to rise them up into the air, and uh, then the flowers come in this huge field. They begin to grow right out of the ground with faces on them. They begin to swirl around each other. They create a beautiful tapestry of all these beautiful flowers, and the flowers begin to sing. Some of them are fun songs, and the kids learn them, and the kids sing them with them. So if you think your child is not having fun in heaven, you better think twice. It's a whole little city in heaven made out of jello, every flavor of jello. They have pools of whipped cream. They have pools of sprinkles, and you can get the, the jello. You eat the mailboxes. You jump in the houses. They have swimming pools made out of jello. And these kids run to get in this place. And they have a roller coaster called the Rush, which is their biggest roller coaster that goes up this long track. And then it leaps from the track. Yeah, across the sky of heaven 
down to another part of the track. And then this track goes down under the crystal sea so you can breathe under the water in heaven. And that was where one of my first powerful testimonies came from, that I saw a young girl who had died recently and was living in heaven with her great-grandfather, and he was taking her someplace to have fun, and that's the first time I found out about the rush. He was taking her in to ride yep. the rush. These these are long inter- or clips that are done that were done several years ago by Kat Kerr to share these things. And, I mean, the list goes on and on. I was going to play other clips. I'm going to play one other one, but just for time's sake, because I've got a lot of things to cover here. Uh, she has interviewed and talked about how she's seen John Wayne in heaven, that he's still making cowboy movies or Western movies, that Michael Jackson's in heaven, which it's contradicting what other people have said. Some people have said they've seen Michael Jackson in hell. Again, I'm not believing any of this because it's it's just listening to this and especially the whole thing with Jello Land. It's it's very much irreverent and it's disturbing. And the the thing that pops in my head is strong delusion. I mean, Thessalonians talks about people being led by strong delusion, and then to hear someone else say, you know, they've seen these things as well, uh, and agreeing with it while they're talking with her, that doesn't validate it. It doesn't mean it's from God. And then I want you to notice she said that some people will use what she's saying as ammunition, and then she says, "Don't worry, we don't just don't even." waste your time we don't even listen to the quote blasting so there's no way to to bring loving correction or to say anything because the mind's already been made up well this is from God and you're not going to question it but she's she's done interviews and and talked many times and repeated a lot of this stuff talking about how there's a nursery in heaven where the aborted babies go or the miscarried babies go and that they grow at a slow pace and that the children there are praying for their for the child for their parents that aborted them or that that lost them due to a miscarriage, so that uh, the children grow slowly, so that way the parents when they're as the kids are praying for them up there, that when they come to know Christ, that they will get to raise them in heaven. Are you alarmed yet by what you're hearing? I I hope so because none of this is is Christian orthodoxy. It's not based in sound biblical teaching. She has talked about seeing lots of dead uh, famous people in heaven. She's talked about that there's portals that uh, family members can go to, that they can look, that they're always looking over us and watching and celebrating with us different things, especially birthdays, that they come to a certain portal on our birthday to celebrate. This is not focused on Christ at all. It's not focused on Christ. And you may be thinking, well, there's no, there's no, surely there's nobody that's a professing Christian that is, that believes this. Yes, there are. There are people that say they believe in Christ and that they're saved and they are listening to this type of teaching. This woman goes to churches and teaches on these things. That's a whole other issue as far as her going and teaching a corporate gathering on this. But take, but keep in mind, there are people and I mean no offense to if you're one of those people that's listening and you are believing this, you're in danger if you're listening to her. This this is not this is outside biblical Christianity. And I encourage you to not listen to her anymore because she is not teaching. She is not she's leading people astray. And it's leading people into vain imaginations and it's leading them away from Christ. I mean, this is like listening to it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense, and it's not reverencing Christ at all. Did you hear Jesus mentioned at all? Did you hear? And she will talk about Jesus and how she um, 
has encounters with Jesus and such when she goes to heaven. But this is focused on amusement parks and Jello land and, you know, going to the forest with helicopter flowers and singing flowers and that, you know, riding these huge waves, which sometimes she'll say they're 80 foot and sometimes she'll say 100 foot. So she'll talk about how you can ride these waves and that uh, your family members are always celebrating with you and that, uh, you know, just focusing so much on self and not talking about focusing on the glory of God, not talking about the glory of Christ and his, the holiness and the majesty and the splendor of God and focusing on, on that. There, um, there was one other clip I wanted to play really quickly. It's a very short clip and there are other people I could talk about, but for time's sake, I can't. I mean, uh, Patricia King has talked about, she was taught by Bob Jones about making trips to heaven at will. She was on Sid Roth sharing that and, and leading people in a very similar way that Bob Jones did of, of making a trip to heaven. You know, Heidi Baker has talked about her trips to heaven and she's seen the body parts room that you could um, ask for body parts we could go on. Todd Bentley's talked about going up to the third heaven and encountering the Dalai Lama spirit. And again, he was influ heavily influenced by Bob Jones. He talked to Bob Jones about this, about how that he had a hindrance and Bob Jones had in apparently encountered the same Dalai Lama spirit. Please guys, if you're listening to these people, please stop listening to them because this is not, this is not biblical Christianity. This is leading people down a, a dangerous path and it's leading people away from Christ. The last one I want to play for you is a very quick one. This is talking about at the beginning, I want to play this because I want you to understand something. This, this was quite alarming when I heard this, but this is an interview with Steve Schultz from the Elijah list with Kat Kerr. I want you to listen to what she says about the way to Jesus, the narrow way versus the wide way that leads away from Christ. About finding Christ when there was not hardly anyone out there speaking on his behalf. Now we have the internet. Now we have churches everywhere. So that scripture where it says the the wide is the way to hell and narrow is the path to God and you know blessed is that we find it. Yeah. Find it. Uh huh. There's a lot wider path now. I see. That it can, you can be led to Christ in this day especially with all the stuff that, like I just explained, is out there back in that day when that scripture was made, there was almost nobody out there. Yeah. And so these are different days, so sometimes you have to adapt what that says to now. So in the scripture, in right now in the scriptures, it would say the path has gotten much wider to find Christ, which is a blessing for all those who live today compared to those who in the past did not. Yeah. So I would have to say I've seen hell, I've seen who was in there, and when I was in heaven, there were more people in heaven than there were in hell. Really? Yes, That's and that will actually increase because of the revivals, the moves of God, because of the great harvest coming, uh, because of the presence of God himself, and also the people with all doing all the things, stepping into what God has for them. It will be really more clear now that there is a God, and he loves them than there ever was in the past days. And you, in the past I don't know if you caught that or not, and I played that, and I know it doesn't necessarily have, it does tie in with the trips to heaven, but what, what bothered me was the fact that she's taking the very words that Jesus himself said, and she is negating them, and she is denying, essentially, those words are accurate, because she's saying now that we have to adapt today to the Bible, and that the scripture now would say that wide is the way to Christ. 
Jesus himself, I'm going to remind you one last time, and, and I'm trying to, and I'm, I'm being loving, but I'm, I'm going to be firm on, on this when I say this, because it, it really disturbs me that someone is taking scripture out of context, and now they're making it say something it doesn't say. Jesus did not make a mistake when he said, narrow is the gate that leads to eternal life, and wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and few find the narrow gate. It doesn't matter what culture, what time we're living in, the technology, it doesn't matter. Jesus's words do not change. Narrow is the way to Christ. It has not widened because it's 2021. And this interview was given four months ago. This was not something she said decades ago and now she's changed and, and, and understood the error of her ways in saying such a thing. She said this four months ago. This was posted and this interview was done four months ago. It does upset me. It, and I hope it upsets you, not, again, not to attack her, but to understand this is going against what the Bible says. This is why I'm doing this podcast, because when you have people saying things like this, and then they're taking scripture, and they're trying to tell you, oh, that's not what that scripture means. Jesus didn't really mean that. You know, this is what the scripture means now. It has to adapt to our culture. So the way has to be wide, wrong. It does not have to be wide. It we do we follow what Scripture says, and we don't change it to be conducive to our emotions, to our sensibilities, to what we feel is right, to what we feel is fair. That's not the way this works. The way is narrow, and few find it. And if Jesus said that, that's the truth. And I'm going to go with Him, and I'm not going to listen to someone that's continuing to say that. Okay, so I will post some um, several links, even ones I didn't get to. In, uh, in here about, again, talking dogs, fishing in heaven that she talks about. And um, I'll post some other ones from other people that we didn't get to. But really quickly, there was one book that I had read, and it's a book that uh, is called The Final Quest by Rick Joyner. And this book is stated by many people in that movement to be like second to the Bible. I've heard people say that, that it's full of such great revelation that it's just amazing um, the book is quite disturbing, uh, frankly, when I've read it. But the final quest, uh, just real quick, and then we're going to get into scripture. Um, there is a, a, a chapter or part in this book called The White Throne that Rick Joyner talks about. And the whole book is based, it came from a newsletter that he wrote to his church years ago, and then he put it into a book in the final quest. And it's talking about that there's a civil war that's going on between the blues and the grays. And that there are Christians that have demons riding on top of them, and he um, that they're I'm not even going to describe some of the things that he says in there, but there's this um, elaborate vision that he says that he had on and off that God gave him for, I can't remember how much the, the time frame was. And he describes the things that took place and, and what happened to him and what he was shown. But the, the white throne he talks about in part four, he speaks of angels bowing to him to honor him. I'm just summing up some of the things he talks about and speaking with, and he speaks with those who were in heaven. He talks with them, and he says that they're bowing to greet him as he's walking towards the, the white throne, the great, the great white throne, which that's the throne of judgment that is at the end of time and that Revelation talks about. But he says that he's going towards this throne and that he notices people on his right and left of, of all different ranks and that, that they're bowing to greet him as he approaches the great right throne. He relays talking with a would-be mentor in heaven who had passed on. He tells of meeting a reformer and his wife, a well-known writer, and others. Uh, he talks about thrones around the Lord. 
that were empty and some that were occupied by missionaries and, and wealthy men. And he says that he was shocked to see that most of the thrones were occupied by women. Uh, he tells of God having tears in his eyes and catching one in his hand and offering it to Rick, saying, quote, this is my cup. Will you drink it with me? Uh, he relays a conversation with the Apostle Paul. And and when you read this, I can't go into detail about this because it just goes on and on and on in this book. But it's it's such a focus on him. And it's such a focus on other people. And it's very little focus on Christ. It's, again, it's all about being self-absorbed, about um, him saying that people are bowing to him or the angels are bowing there. And they say, we're just, we've been, we've been so excited. We to meet you we've been looking forward to meeting you and that you are part of this last great battle and we just want to honor you and and I'm again I'm read I read that and I think I'm grieved because I think this is just again more about self it's it's not glorifying God so if you have the ability to read that book in in a in uh an objective way. I would encourage you to do that and to test it against scripture, but I do not recommend that book as something that you can uh, glean from as far as growing in your walk with Christ. So now that we've covered some people for quite a bit of time that have made these claims, now we're going to, to talk about people who went to heaven and what that looked like. So we know in the Old Testament, for one thing, there were several people that went to heaven. We see Isaiah 6. Isaiah 6 that um, in, in the year that King Uzziah died, in verse 1, that uh, Isaiah says, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to one another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And Isaiah realizes that, I mean, I guess this is a type and shadow of believers and, and standing before the Lord of going, woe is me for I'm, I'm lost. I'm a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. I encourage you to read these passages on your own and to, to look at these and evaluate them. But we can see Isaiah standing before the Lord and, and he's seeing the glory and the majesty of God. And the worship that's taking place, the focus on God and, and reverencing him and realizing the uncleanness of himself and, and needing the Lord to cleanse him. Daniel 7, uh, we, we know that Daniel uh, saw a vision of the end times and Daniel saw the, the Lord saw into heaven. We know in 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 19, and I apologize for sending, spending so much time on the first half, but I think it's important to, to talk about that because... Some people may not be aware that these things are out there, and uh, some people may not even think that this is an issue, but it's a, it's a great issue because it's leading people astray, and it's teaching things that are unbiblical. First uh, Kings chapter 22, verse 19 says, it talks about Micaiah, who was a prophet, says, Micaiah said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing beside him on his right hand and on his left. And this is talking about Ahab and and. Uh, enticing him to go to, to war. And so Micaiah is relaying this, but he saw the Lord. It was a brief, it was not a great description, but he, it was a brief thing that he saw. Um, Ezekiel in chapter one and chapter 10 describes seeing into heaven. So we see in the Old Testament, these examples, I'm sure that there's more that we could find, but we see these, the examples that we're familiar with. 
In the New Testament, we only see three accounts of people either seeing into heaven, the heavens open, and them seeing in, actually seeing into heaven, or they were taken up into the third heaven. Three of those that I'm sure that we're familiar with, and we need to talk about those. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And Paul has written his second letter to the Corinthians, and he is has been addressing the uh, super apostles, and that's what he calls them, and um, that, that are coming against Paul and uh, accusing him of things and trying to, to diminish the ministry that he has uh, from Christ himself as an apostle. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 says, Paul says, I must go on boasting. Uh, Though there is nothing to be gained by it, I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. Only God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise. Whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast. But on my own behalf, I will not boast except of my weaknesses. And though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. I, I want to point this out, and this is this should be uh, probably is probably obvious. Paul, do, he's talking about himself in the third person. He does not even want to say that it's him, and talks about how God took him up into the third heaven, whether he was in the body or out of the body, he doesn't know that. And that he saw things he could not utter and that, and that, uh, which man may not utter. He heard things that could not be told and that man may not utter any man. Man means man or woman. He heard things and saw things that could not be repeated. And yet we've got people that are saying there's jello land, there's, uh, helicopter flowers, there's leprechauns in heaven, there's unicorns in heaven, there's uh, nurseries full of aborted babies, and that they're, that they're praying for their mothers and fathers. Again, where do we see the, that people that have passed on and left this world praying for people? That is not a Christian teaching. There is only one intercessor and mediator, and that is Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice something else as well when you when you consider we have such little information in scripture about heaven and the description of it but yet there are currently I don't know how many books are available now there are there are people are making volumes of books like I was talking about Kat Kerr she has three volumes and very descriptive but yet the Bible doesn't tell us grand descriptions of heaven as far as going into massive detail in pages upon pages and chapters and chapters. Isn't that interesting? Does it, does that strike anybody else as odd that it seems as if, again, the word is not sufficient enough to give us the hope that we need to look towards eternal life, to look towards eternity and, and to being in heaven with God. Just throwing that out there for you to think about. We are seeing people that are saying all of these things and people are flocking and, and feasting on these experiences and they're ignoring scripture. And they're ignoring passages like this that say, Paul, who was an apostle, he was, he was a man. He saw things that he couldn't even say. And then he said, I refrain from saying them so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. And yet, what do we see as the pattern for people that are sharing these things today? Whether there is an admission of it or not, it is elevating self. 
It is not glorifying Christ. It is elevating self. It is saying, look how spiritual I am. Look how special I am. Look how God favors me. And I get to have these supernatural encounters. And if you're not having these supernatural encounters, and not all people are saying this, but some people are saying it that are having, they're saying that they're having these. They'll say, if you're not having these types of encounters with God, then you're not growing in your relationship with Christ. And then that leaves people to go, why am I not having these? And then they want to pursue these things and they're potentially opening themselves up to delusion or they're opening themselves up to something that is very much not of God and should never, ever be entertained. That could even potentially be demonic and it's leading them away from Christ. So Paul is a great example here. 2 Corinthians 12 verses 2 through 6. I encourage you to read that. Read it in its entirety. Read it before and after. But those verses in particular are talking about his his vision, his going into the third heaven. Stephen in Acts chapter 7 verse 55 when he is rebuking uh, those in Jerusalem when he's standing uh, and being accused of things that he did not do because of uh, how he was preaching and the wisdom that he had that could not be disputed. In Acts chapter 7 verse 55 when he's uh, being getting ready to be stoned by the people because they're so angry and they're plugging their ears and they're they're gnashing their teeth and, and they don't want to listen to him and they're rushing at him. It says in uh, Acts chapter 7 verse 55, it says, But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven, this is Stephen, and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And it goes on to tell, but they, but they cried out with a loud voice, the people did, and they stopped their ears and rushed together at him, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. This man saw into heaven, a glimpse into heaven. He sees Christ standing at the right hand of God, and he testifies of this and, and tells the people this, and they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. But I'm sure if he would have stood there and said, I saw the, the gumdrop forest and I saw unicorns in heaven and I saw a portal where your family member is wishing you a happy birthday and they're receiving a present on your birthday and um, I'm, or I saw your mansion in heaven, that they would not have done that. That may sound facetious to say that and sarcastic. And forgive me for coming across sarcastic. But to me, this is, it is just irreverent. I, I, again, I can't say that enough. It is irreverent to say such things and to make light of heaven and to make it out like it's a big party. It's a big celebration. And it's all about us getting the things that we want and being able to, uh, to enjoy the things that we do down here. Listen, we're going to enjoy God for an eternity. For those of us that are in Christ and, and have the promise of eternal life, we're going to enjoy Christ. We're going to enjoy God for eternity. And what that looks like, we don't know. And I'm going to share some scriptures with you in a minute to encourage you and to get you thinking about the word in the proper context as far as heaven's concerned. But Stephen saw this when he was testifying of Christ and he was being persecuted. And he wasn't talking about the jello land and eating mailboxes and the, the whipped cream and, and everything. He was talking about glorifying God and the reverence of God before he died for sharing the truth of the word and sharing the gospel. 
And John is the last example that we see in Revelation chapter 4 through 6. And in 21 and 22, uh, John saw the vision of the new heavens and the new earth. But in Revelation chapter 4, verse 1, he says, After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there had the appearance of jasper and carnelian, and around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. And around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and seated on the thrones were twenty-four elders clothed in white garments, with golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder, and before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was, as it were, a sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne on each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature like the lion, a second like living creature like an ox, the third living creature with the face of a man, and the fourth living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever, and ever the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever they cast their crowns before the throne saying worthy are you our lord and god to receive glory and honor and power for you are created all things and by your will they existed and were created i mean that gets me emotional reading that to think that this is what's taking place even in heaven as we speak and that we get to worship God for all eternity. And you have people writing books and saying that people are bowing to them in heaven, to them, bowing to them in heaven, giving them honor in heaven. Guys, we've, we've got to get back to the word of God and back to scripture. And we've got to quit entertaining such, such things that are not honoring God, but they're honoring man. And this is highly grieving. It is highly grieving and brings a righteous anger to know that there are people who would rather hear stories about this and hear people elevate themselves than to elevate God and that he's not enough, essentially, that there has to be some, some added, some addition uh, aside from scripture, something extra biblical, something beyond that to, to get us excited about heaven, to get us to look forward to heaven. The similarities that you're going to find in these accounts in Scripture are not found in the ones that I discussed at the beginning of this, of this episode. You're not going to find a focus on the Lord and His glory and an exaltation of Him in these modern-day occurrences. This is what's focused on time and time again in Scripture, is focusing on the Lord and His glory and exalting Him. That He is the center of all of it. There is no talk about meeting people in heaven and talking to them. There are other people that have talked about um, going to heaven, riding on rail cars and talking to David and talking to Paul and talking to Moses and other people in heaven, which you could probably border that on necromancy, if you, if you want to call it that, that we're not supposed to be communicating with those that have already departed. But there is this focus on talking with them and that very little focus on Christ. It's almost as if he's in the background and everything else is at the forefront and that's the focus. But in scripture, you see, that's not the same. It's not, that's not the way it's a focus on the Lord. One thing I want you to take note of 
in the things that I read to you and when you read scripture and those that saw into heaven or they were taken up into heaven, I want you to take note of something. They did not initiate that occurrence. Those were not initiated by the individual. It was willed by God and it was for a purpose. There are people today that are telling you, you can go to heaven whenever you want. You can go, you can go there. It's like getting in your car and driving to the, lo- uh, the your favorite local store or going on a vacation. You can just go whenever you want. No big deal. I mean, and how, how irreverent. And then, and, and here's another thing that's a bit alarming. I want you to think about how many of those people in that corporate gathering, for example, with Bob Jones, that is taking people up or Patricia King, when she's on Sid Roth and she's telling people to, uh, to close their eyes and to take deep breaths and to begin to, uh, just yield themselves over not, and not to think, don't pray. That's the worst thing you do is use your mind. The, the critical thinking is the worst thing that you could do or to pray or to, to think um, in a biblical way. Don't do that. Just shut your mind off. Shut your mind and just feel. Just go with your heart. Go with, go with what your imagination tells you to do. Just go. How many of those people in those services are not, sa- are not truly saved, have not really heard the gospel, and they're being taken into these encounters and who knows what they're, what they're encountering? If anything's happening, if, if it could be, again, it could be vain imaginations or it could be something far more troubling than that. There is little to any focus on self with, with these people in scripture. They're, they're, they want to put, again, put it back on God. We want to focus on God. But when you tell people, again, that of a jello land and a theme park with roller coasters and surfing huge waves and prophetic activities in heaven, which there's no need for prophecy in heaven. The question is, where is the focus? Who is the focus on here? Because it's not on God. It's not on God. Now, what I want to leave you with to encourage you um, is is uh, obviously the Word of God. Uh, that is the most encouragement that we can have and to give us some food for thought, you and I both. So the first place I want to go to is John chapter 3, verse 13. I want to read a few verses to uh, several verses to you actually, and to leave you with this and get you pondering. And I hope that it causes you to go back to the word and to test, test things and to consider what you're, who you're listening to and what you're listening to. John chapter three, verse 13 says, no one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the son of man. And this is Jesus talking to Nicodemus is the context of this. If you want to read uh, John chapter three in its entirety. I wanted to read John chapter 3, verse 13, to give you some food for thought, uh, because the Bible also tells us that no one has seen God face to face, and there are people that are saying they've seen God face to face. So that's problematic in and of itself. But these will, these scriptures I want to leave you with are going to be for your encouragement. As a believer in Christ, if you're, true, if you're a believer in Christ, um, that you've acknowledged that received Christ as your Lord and Savior, and acknowledged that rebellion and sin before God, and and answered the call of repentance uh, that's been granted because of the gospel of Jesus Christ and believing that Jesus died on the cross and that he was buried and rose from the dead and he sits at the right hand of the Father and that he gives the promise of eternal life through uh, saving faith in him. Then born-again believers have this to look forward to or we're encouraged in the word to focus on these things. Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 2. You don't need someone else's heavenly encounter, and you don't need to have a heavenly encounter to be closer to Christ in your relationship with Christ. This is what encourages you. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 and 2 says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. 
And when your Christ is who, when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I read to verse four. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse 18. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. I know some people will reference Ephesians chapter 2 and use that like Bob Jones did if you listen to his teachings and such that Ephesians 2, he'll say you're already seated with Christ in heavenly places, so you're already there. Why aren't you going to heaven? That's misrepresenting what that passage means because we live in a now and not yet we are seated with Christ, but we're still on this earth for right now. But when we go into heaven, we understand that we are going to be with Christ for all eternity. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. And by the way, we're seated with Christ not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Again, it's, it, I think we need that reminder. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, verse 9 says, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. There is no way for us to comprehend what heaven is going to be like. It doesn't matter how many people have said they've gone to heaven and what they've seen. Scripture is telling us we do not we have not seen it we have not heard it and we don't un, we cannot even imagine it we cannot con- comprehend what god has prepared for those who love him that gift of eternal life that christ gives us and reconciling us back to the father there is no way for us to comprehend what awaits us and but we we look to that hope and then the last is hebrews chapter 11 verses 13 through 16 it talks about the those that were in faith Those that were in faith in the Old Testament said, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Guys, the Bible is sufficient for you to understand what awaits us in eternal life for those of us who are in Christ. We need to make sure that we understand the gospel, first and foremost, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that we are listening to sound biblical teaching. That We test things, and we make sure that we're not listening to something that's leading us astray. My urgency in sharing this podcast is to tell those that may be listening to such people as Kat Kerr and hold in high esteem those like Bob Jones and such that have talked about trips to heaven and that they desire trips to heaven themselves and maybe think that in order to grow closer to the Lord they must have these these encounters or they're they're just not walking with the Lord like they should I would encourage you to evaluate your your faith in Christ against what the word of God says and to not listen to these people any longer there are things that are being taught and perpetuated that are not lining up with with scripture. And for those that take issue with the continual reference to scripture and then making a point of saying you're worshiping the Bible by re- referring to scripture, which is not worshiping it at all. It's reverencing the very words of God. I would I would ask, why are you not reverencing the very words of God? Why are you taking issue with a another fellow believer 
saying and referring to scripture as the foundation of truth. It's rather interesting when you think about it because it seems that we are more willing to uh, to believe what someone's experience is, and then when it's tested against scripture, the the pushback is, well, you know, you're just worshiping the Bible or you're taking the scripture and uh, and trying to dispute what this person's saying. Don't you? Uh, their their experience is valid and such, but we're putting that person's experience on par with the very words of God himself. And those things that that person could be saying are contradicting what, what God's word says, but yet we'll still say, well, you know, we, we want to believe and listen to what they're saying and we don't want to put God in a box and we don't want to, we don't want to limit God. And the fact of the matter is if we don't have a, a, a respect for what God's word says to us, this word that has been left for us to give us instruction, to correct us, to train us up in righteousness, to help us in our understanding, to help us, you know, it gives us the boundaries. Uh, God has set the boundaries. Man has not set the boundaries, but God has set the boundaries for what is right and what is not, what is acceptable to him and what is unacceptable to him, what is the truth and what is error. He's the one that set up the boundaries. He's the one that's created limitations on things that we should be doing. And there's a reason for that. And it's to protect his people and to set them apart so that they're not walking in the ways that they shouldn't walk. And they're, they're walking in the ways that honor him and that lead back to him. It's part of the narrow way. You know, the narrow way that, that Kat Kerr tries to say that doesn't exist anymore because of the culture that we now live in and the society and the technology that the, the way is widened now. The way is not widened. The way to, the way is narrow. And if you're uh, relying on your own ability to have your own experience with God to be validated as a as a believer in Christ, if you're relying on your own ability to hear the voice of God for yourself and to hear what He has to say, and you don't, but you don't care what His Word says, His written His holy written Word says. If you don't care about that, but you'd rather have your own experience, then in all honesty, you've created a God of your own, in your own image, in your own imagination, in your own likeness. You've created a God that, um, that satisfies that desire in you, that craving in you for the supernatural. You've created a God of your own, uh, you have your own way of your own understanding. And it's a God that answers to how you see things and how you want to uh, convey things. And it's a God that is, outside the confines of Christianity. And I urge you, uh, for those that, that are part, uh, maybe a part of this movement that may, may just so happen to hear this, please hear me. I'm, I'm saying this in a in loving and sincere way. I am concerned for those that are following people like this, that are listening to people like this, and that there is no accountability to say, we're not listening to these people anymore. These people should not have any platform um, and have the the ability to speak into th- hundreds of thousands of people. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. To speak into hundreds of thousands of people and to not be tested and questioned, but th- and they should be. Please go back to Scripture and look and see what Scripture has to say. Please be willing to test these people, to genuinely look at what they're saying and see if it lines up with Christianity. Is it leading you back to Christ or is it leading you back to them to where you want to honor them and to defend them? Or are you going to defend and stand up for what the word of God says in truth? 
and to say, no, I'm not listening to this person anymore. I'm going to, and I'm going to pray for them. And for those that are not part of this movement, or you were part of this movement, or you had no inkling that this stuff was going on and being perpetuated, please pray for those that are perpetuating these teachings. Please pray that God would have mercy on them. I'm reminded of myself as someone who came out of this movement and the mercy that God extended to me, a little fish, I'm I'm a little fish that was in that massive pond. Uh, And I recognize that I'm a little fish that was in that pond. The, the influence that I had was minimal compared to what uh, these other people have. But God had mercy. God had mercy on me and helped me to and cause and cause my eyes to be opened and my ears to be opened to see and to hear the truth and begin to, to get back to his word and to desire the truth, to seek the truth and grant me repentance. We need to be praying for those. That, and it, it does anger me when, when people are doing these things and they're teaching things for shameful gain. It, it is angering. And at the same time, it's very grieving and it's heartbreaking, not only for those that are teaching it, but also be praying for those that are listening and that they're being led astray and that they're not being led back to sound doctrine. Please pray. Pray for for God's mercy and for for eyes and ears to be opened and for the, the, the true gospel to be ministered, the gospel to be proclaimed and that people would come to saving faith in Christ. Or that if they are in saving faith, maybe they're just being led astray and that they're that God is going to to open their eyes and ears to to come back to the truth, to come out of deception. I apologize for getting emotional in this, but th- these are serious matters that we're dealing with. I mean, it, it, it does, at one hand, it, it, it sounds ridiculous and nonsensical to hear these things, but ultimately it is heartbreaking and it is, it is dangerous, the things that are being taught and perpetuated. We must get back to the Bible. We must get back to the Word of God. We must get back to reverencing the true and living God. And we must get back to proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ for salvation and be concerned for souls that are not saved and be concerned for fellow brothers and sisters in Christ who are stumbling and going along the path that's leading them in a, in, in a, in a dangerous direction. So I, I pray that this has been a blessing and that it's been eye-opening and maybe shaking some people a bit to wake them up out of a potential spiritual stupor and to get back to the Word of God. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. If you would like to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at lovesickscribe. And if you enjoy reading, feel free to hop on over to lovesickscribe.com and subscribe to my blog. I've enjoyed being with you today, and I look forward to our next time together as we talk about biblical truths, current topics, and we continue to grow together in loving the Word and loving the one who is the Word, Jesus Christ. Blessings to you.